Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Finally Friday. Uh, Going to get into um, some of the uh, well, some of the information we've learned about uh, COVID and how much we've been played. And and by the way, and, and I mentioned this uh, months and months of years ago. Actually, Joe Biden, when he became the president, they had a candlelight vigil. Uh, they put these uh, little uh, those candles in a bag, whatever they call those, uh, alongside either side of the Lincoln Memorial, the reflecting pool. And there was great reflection after the horrible Trump presidency for 400,000 people who died of COVID. And now we've got a million and a uh, million, two, million, three, and no candlelight vigil. And two governments of the United States, the FBI and the DOE, that's enough, by the way. You don't need consensus above all government departments. You just need those two. And the FBI even said, like the, you know, the, the Russian disinformation and the Hunter Biden's laptop, they knew about it for a very long time, maybe even before the 2020 election. Who the hell knows? But, uh, yeah, yeah it, it came from Wuhan. And we all thought it came from Wuhan. And I got some information that's going to blow your socks off, including former NIH director Francis Collins basically uh, uh, did his level best to get rid of ivermectin for preventing and treatment of COVID. Isn't that kind of weird that suddenly you couldn't say that maybe hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin would work? Remember in Terry Bradshaw, who's the I love normally, he's like, oh, it's horse medicine. I'm like, shut up, moron. Uh, so yeah, and I took both ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and I had no side effects and I had COVID without the vaccine and my natural immunity, 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 my natural immunity kicked some total butt. Thank you very much. Because the first time I got COVID, I went to New York city and I only got it one time and, and I didn't get the second time I went to New York city because, uh, you know, natural immunity and stuff. So there is, uh, that, that is, uh, that's coming up on the show. Um, Let's go. I got a, I got a call left over for last hour. Uh, is it uh, Christopher in Catonsville? Let's go with uh, Christopher in Catonsville. Hello, Christopher. Welcome to the show, and a happy Friday to you. Thanks. You too. Yeah, um, what's up, I buddy? felt the need to mention something important about the Operation Chaos thing. Yeah, yeah. And please. that is that those open primaries, the one in Georgia, I'm thinking especially, is how come we're stuck with Kemp and them other guys that should have been primaried out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you I suggest? Know? What do you suggest, then? I suggest get rid of them open primaries. They're yeah, so you, can't, so you can't change parties and you can't well, cheat and all that. that's okay, but you shouldn't be able to be a Democrat and go vote in a, oh, in a oh. Republican primary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. I get you. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I know Rush did that. He asked uh, Republicans. Oh, <laughs> it was It was funny. A kind of a little double standard there, Christopher. But no, I understand. But, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I know, I know, bro. If, you know, I'm saying, I remember Kemp won big, and I'm like, wait a minute, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, I got you. Yeah, they do in state in state primaries. They need to uh, get rid of the open primary thing. You got it. Hey, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Have a great day and weekend. Hey, you too. You too. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Um, Let me see here. I've got uh, I've got this audio I want to share with you. Hold on, I got Joe Scarborough. John Kirby or John Kirby? John Kirby. He's uh, wow. I mean, John Kirby is a is a mess. Um, uh, Peter Ducey, who is just I mean. When, when Peter Ducey originally started, I'm like, oh, it sounds like nepotism all over again. But he is just kicking ass. And I, I want to congratulate Peter Ducey for just turning the White House press corps upside down. I really, really love that. He's a young guy. He's probably like 30 years old now. And, uh, and uh, he uh, confronted John Kirby. Uh, coordinator for strategic communication for the National Security Council on the administration's effort to determine the origins of COVID-19. And what they want to do is the Republicans, they want to declassify all this information. And it would give us a real picture of why the Biden administration has been hiding this. And it's, I know what the reason is. He bought and paid for. Derp, derp, derp. The bought and paid for. China's got... Uh, bordering on trillions of dollars invested in higher education, the uh, the Biden family, the Penn Biden Center, higher education, corporate America. I can go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, it is remarkable. It is uh, it is sickening and all of that. But here is uh, John Kirby talking about if Joe Biden might veto uh, our ability to see the origins of COVID. Here's what he had to say. Thanks, John. So a bill requiring the DNI to declassify the COVID origins intel passed the Senate. If it passes the House, too, would President Biden sign it? I won't get ahead of the president's decision-making, um, uh, Peter, but uh, look, we, a couple of things to keep in mind. Right after taking office, the president declassified uh, and, had, and made public the DNI's uh, initial findings here about the source of, of COVID. So You did nothing. Uh, Joe Biden said he was going to uh, 90 days to find the origins of COVID, and they said it came back inconclusive. Makes you kind of wonder if that was when the FBI figured it out. He already very swiftly and unilaterally put information out there. No. That's one. Two, not a little, not any. the intelligence community continues None. to assess the origins of COVID. I know I've seen press reporting about some preliminary findings that, of a classified nature, but there's still no consensus. Um, Doesn't matter. That's why the president has directed the team to stay at the work, because he wants to know. He wants to know as best we can. There does not have to be a consensus when two major government agencies say they know it came from Wuhan. No what the origins were so that we can work to better prevent a future pandemic. But we've got the FBI director saying most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. If, if a foreign country came to the United States and killed 1.1 million Americans with guns, would the president just let that slide? Nobody's letting anything slide. That's why the president wants the intelligence community to work so hard to, to get to, hopefully, to get some, to some answers that, uh, that we can rely on. Right now, there's just no consensus. Uh, Doesn't it, matter. It's hard to take a look at what the president has done here in terms of declassifying and making public information already, in terms of the constant and consistent briefings to members of Congress in a classified and unclassified setting in just recent weeks on what the origins of COVID were and on his tasking again to the intelligence community to keep at that work and come away from that thinking that he's not taking this seriously. When you say that there has to be a consensus, there's no finish line to the truth. 
Uh, he can say there's five government agencies could say, oh, yeah, it came from Wuhan. And this jackweed will continue to say, oh, yeah, there's no consensus. So there's no finish line to the truth. Although the truth has already been laid bare. Christopher Ray, thank you very much. As you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. There you go. You don't need a bloody consensus. It's nonsense. It's a lie. It's another obfuscation and another lie. I'll just say it. The damned uh, virus came from the Chinese Wuhan lab. Everybody knows it. And now we know the Department of Energy says, with low confidence, whatever the hell that means. And the FBI says, yeah, we've known it about it a long time. So you know what? You could take your consensus and take a fly and leap with it. And then Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton's group, announced uh, that it's received 254 pages of records from the, health de- the, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. This included emails from uh, NAI, uh, NIH Francis Collins regarding a British group's recommendations on the use of ivermectin to prevent and treat COVID-19. But for some reason, our federal government and our CDC and our HHS said that if you go to the hospital at the beginning of this, you either recover or die on your own. And the only thing they give you is a respirator, which they didn't need. And a lot of people died on respirators because 85% of people hooked up to respirators died. And they knew it. I had two friends in the hospital in their 60s. And they were sick with COVID, and both of them, husband and wife, were offered respirator, and they said no. And they are thrilled they didn't do that because they know they'd be dead. So anyway, this FOIA Act, uh, FOIA uh, Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, showed emails uh, filed after the HHS failed to respond to a January the 8th, 2021 FOIA request for this information. February 2020, a a leading British physician and World Council for Health co-founder, Dr. Tess Laurie, who is director and founder of the doctor's uh, organization called the British Ivermectin Recommendation Development. I have a feeling they're for Ivermectin. Because it really worked in Africa and in the largest province in India called Uttar Pradesh, where they had like 85% of the population infected with COVID, and it went away. It was amazing. So FDA administrator officials, including the director of the Office of New Drugs in the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, Peter Stein, the Center for Biological Evaluation, blah, 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 uh, they responded with an email titled, Urgent, the Bird Meeting and Recommendation on COVID-19 Prevention and Treatment. All right? Uh, the Bird uh, uh, Council uh, conclusions are that ivermectin should be approved immediately for prevention and treatment of COVID-19. So basically what it said is the British Ivermectin Recommendation Development Panel recommended ivermectin for the treatment and, tr- uh, and uh, prevention of COVID-19 to reduce morbi- morbi- morbidity and mortality associated with COVID-19 and to prevent COVID-19. And what did Francis Collins and, uh, and Tony Fauci do? They stonewalled it. They stonewalled all of this. And you got to kind of wonder why in the hell they did it.
In a separate lawsuit, 2022, Judicial Watch uncovered FDA records record regarding COVID booster vaccines. Research should show top officials being pressured by companies and, for that matter, the administration who try to impose uh, rules that make no sense, meaning they wanted to push Pfizer. Here is a note from that group. I am also very concerned about companies such as Pfizer trying to put pressure on uh, the offices of vaccine research by way of uh, public relations. We need to be given time to consider their data and cannot be pushed by these companies and, for that matter, the administration. And they went ahead and they pushed it and they used emergency powers to push a vaccine they knew a lot about, including some things that they discovered, including uh, when they tested it on animals, a statistically significant number of rats were born with skeletal deformations after their mothers were injected with the vaccine. Uh, there was uh, there were stories of myocarditis. They were very aware of it. But uh, it looks like Anthony Fauci and, uh, and his ilk went ahead and, and pushed forward to it. And a whole lot of people made a whole lot of money, including Anthony Fauci. Let's grab a call real quick from Buster in Santa Cruz, a home of KSCO Radio, our glorious affiliate there. Buster, what's going on, my friend? Robert, comment allez-vous? Je suis très bien. Ah, oh, très bien. Go ahead. You sound <laughs> great, bro. And listen, a couple of things. I want to comment on the COVID thing real quick, but uh, first, a little info on the FBI. Uh, was founded by Teddy Roosevelt mm. in 1908. But the real damage came with Hoover. That's a Coolidge put Hoover ahead, and that's when it really went sour. Now, yeah. as far as COVID, we're doing better. Because back in the old days, the government was 20 years behind the times. This time, it only took us... Three years to find out the truth. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. And one more. Let me give you one we're more. We're making progress. Go ahead. Yeah, we're doing better. You know, and now on this color. Real quick, thing, real quick. Got 30 seconds. Go. Okay. Uh, Michael Savage used to call the class of 68 the red diaper babies. Doper babies. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. All yeah. right, Rob, I love you, man. All right, bro. Have a glorious have a glorious weekend. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. They impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. I didn't want to get too much into this uh, this FOIA request document from because it gets a little uh, a little detailed. But what you need to know, according to a Judicial Watch, is that records show that the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases were concerned about gain of function research in China's Wuhan Institute in 2016. The Fauci agency was concerned about EcoHealth Alliance's lack of compliance with reporting rules and use of gain of function research in the NIH research uh, funded research involving bat viruses. Yeah. Galveston National Laboratory at the University of Texas Medical Branch.
Research. Dr. James Leduc warned Chinese researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology of potential investigations into COVID issued by Congress. And one of the things about the vaccines, apparently, the Pfizer vaccine showed that uh, these little lipid nanoparticles were found outside of the injection site in the liver, adrenal glands, spleen, and ovaries of test animals, which may uh, account for a lot of the uh, VAERS reactions uh, disrupting women's menstrual cycles and fertility, among other things, and the mitocarditis and the kids dying on the you know athletic fields and all of that stuff. Uh, Bill in Ellicott City wants to talk about it, though. Bill, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on, my friend? Thank you very much for taking my call. I've talked to you before. I'm a Democrat, a very yeah. conservative one. Blue dog yeah. is the term. If there's any of us left, I'm beginning yeah. to wonder. Yeah. And I was a Trump supporter. I listen to your show religiously, and 99% of the time I agree with every position you take politically. Very good. But I have to say that I don't agree with you about the vaccines. Why? I think the COVID vaccine was necessary, and I think it saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Um, well, Bill, uh, it didn't prevent the transmission of the, uh, of the virus, and it didn't prevent you from catching the virus. So I'm trying to figure out how it helped you. Oh, I do believe it helped me transmit. I think it protected people as, as vaccines had done since time immemorial. Every vaccine that we've ever come out with, whether it was polio, oh, whether yeah. it was TV, whatever it was, yeah. you had some people who died of it, and some people. Well, Bill, Bill, no, it, it's the first mRNA vaccine that was used. Damage. No, 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 it was, well, it was. The... Well, this one, this one was a different mechanism. I agree with you. It was not a conventional vaccine, but I do think, I do think it, uh, it went a long way towards helping people. Yes. All right, Bill. Thanks for the call. Uh, um, nonsense. I'll just say nonsense because Bill was talking over me, so I decided I'd just let him make his statement and then say it. Uh, nonsense. They changed everything when they gave the vaccine. They forced the vaccine on us. They told us that you couldn't take hydroxychloroquine. You couldn't do uh, ivermectin. You couldn't. Doctors could not do anything but prescribe the vaccine. They forced the vaccine. The government spent billions of dollars on the vaccine, made the vaccine companies really rich. There's no evidence that it stopped the transmission. There's no evidence that it stopped people from getting the, the virus. And, and the only thing they can possibly say is it might have lessened the severity of the symptoms, which also is in question. Ask Savannah Guthrie. But if you choose to get the vaccine, you go right ahead. Because every one of these, and I appreciate the call, Bill, Every one of these narratives has been shot down, and they will continue to be shot down. You've been played, all right? Not you guys, but people who are still down with this vaccine and all these mandates and stuff, you got played, all right? Vaccines are not there to lessen the symptoms. Uh, treatment is there to lessen the symptoms. So nonsense. And the FDA and the CDC has done everything to cover up. Hell, Big social media, mainstream media. There's a vaccine reporting, a vaccine virus site, which is vaccine injury site, sponsored by the CDC. And big social media made it verboten if you tried to actually post vaccine-averse reactions from the CDC site on big social media. So... Also, another thing, they just, this Lancet, 65 countries found that natural immunity is more uh, effective in preventing the virus than getting a darn vaccine. 
Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And that's just the way to hear is Dr. Martin Kildorf talking in front of Congress the other day with Marty McCary about natural immunity, which is suddenly like works. By forcing children to have a vaccine that they don't need because they've already had the disease, that undermines the trust in other vaccines like the measles vaccines or the polio vaccine. Let's move forward to where he talks about natural immunity. immunity. We learned that in school. People know that if you've had a disease, you had... It wasn't until I came to Congress that I found out infection-acquired immunity was a novel concept. Yeah, I guess we knew about it since 430 B.C. of the Athenian plague until 2020, and then we didn't know about it for three years, and now we know about it again, so... Yeah, this is the only time since uh, before Christ that uh, natural immunity suddenly uh, wouldn't work. All right, so you catch something, your body's, uh, you know, uh, uh, immune system um, comes back to fight it again. Yeah. So, uh, Bill, I, I do appreciate you listening, and uh, I, I appreciate your phone call, but on vaccines, I, I just have a feeling, and I know in many cases... It's not right. It's not right. Uh, coming up, we've got Amber Athey. She is a, a Gen Z uh, political pundit, and she's on Fuego. That's up next. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Rob Carson Show. Our next uh, guest is turning the snowflake world upside down. Her name is Amber Avey. She's been on the show before. Uh, she writes for The Spectator. She's got a brand new book out. It's called The Snowflakes Revolt. Uh, and she joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, Amber. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You're on fuego. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, the Snowflakes Revolt sounds like it's kicking butt. I saw a great story about uh, the, uh, the your book and how uh, it revealed that the Politico staff were warned the word mother could be offensive. And the <laughs> reporter was told she needed sensitivity uh, readers in in the row over transgender coverage. You, you were in the UK Daily Mail, Amber Athey. That's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great article, uh, and that story is absolutely insane. What happened at Politico um, is really indicative of what's been happening across the media. And in this case, the reporter, Gabby Orr, had published an article that was just exploring the fact that Republicans plan to talk about transgender issues ahead of the midterm elections, whether it was about uh, biological men competing in women's sports or the fact that they were allowed access to private women's spaces um, and that gender ideology was being taught to kids without parents' uh, consent or knowledge. 
And so she was quoting other people. She wasn't injecting her opinion in the article at all. This is what reporters are supposed to do. And she was punished for it. She was called into a meeting from her editors uh, because staff members complained that her article was offensive and that it was transphobic (laughs) simply because she had quoted conservatives. And they did, in fact, offer sensitivity readers to go through future articles about uh, transgender ideology so that she wouldn't dare make the mistake of being transphobic again. You know, that is uh, classic Maoist uh, revolutionary stuff when you uh, insist that people go not only have their material read, but also go through sensitivity training and then kowtow, which is what Chuck Schumer wants Fox News to do for having the audacity to question the 2020 election. Have you been following this story? Because it is, I mean, it is un-American, anti-First Amendment stuff. They got away in a Newsmax off Direct TV, and, and now Fox News is the last man standing or person or whatever standing. Uh, on direct tv anyway but clearly the next target appears to be fox news and they don't want they want uh, uh schumer wants uh, tucker carlson to go through sensitivity training and then apologize all of the fox news uh, anchors who even mentioned 2020 was crooked which i've always said they want them to apologize and then keith olbermann wants uh i think jim comey to to actually go after fox news and shut it down or not jim comey uh Merrick garland to go after after Fox News and shut it down. Does this surprise you in any way? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And I think you're dead on And what the purpose of this Dominion lawsuit really is, which is to try to silence dissenting opinions. I think the quabble over whether or not the claims about Dominion voting systems were correct really misses the point, which is that if you're a news outlet, then you have the right to report on things that the president and his team are saying. They were making those allegations publicly. It would actually be a dereliction of duty to the American people to not cover their allegations. And I think Fox was incredibly responsible in how they did it. They had on both voices. They had on uh, Mike Lindell. They had on Sidney Powell. She was on Tucker's show, and he actually challenged her on a lot of her claims. And then they also had people who thought that the allegations against Dominion were totally bogus. That's what a real news outlet does. And if... Dominion is able to win this suit, even if they don't. Just the cost of the the legal uh, the legal fees that Fox is going to have to pay for this. Other conservative and independent media outlets are going to look at this, and it's definitely going to affect their coverage because they're going to worry about falling victim to a similar lawsuit in the future. Well, absolutely, and I will just tell you that I know from a lot of people in the industry, everybody was told, don't say anything about Dominion voting. Oh, wow, isn't that amazing? And it's, you know what else is amazing, Amber, is that uh, uh, Pfizer spent hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising, and none of the outlets that uh, had Pfizer as a major sponsor did any stories about uh, vaccine problems. Isn't that crazy how that happens, Amber? Yeah, that's a great point. Politico was actually one of those news outlets, and... They had their, um, they normally have their morning playbook where they talk about the big stories in DC for the day. But during the pandemic, they also had an afternoon playbook that was specifically about COVID. And that playbook was sponsored by Pfizer. So they were sending this out as if it was a legitimate news roundup of things related to the pandemic. Yeah. But 
they were being paid by a vaccine company. <laughs> now, Amber, we, we saw this, uh, <clears throat> and I had uh, actually, let me see if you can find the story here. Uh, this whole disinformation nonsense that came out about three years ago uh, that I was like, where did this come from? It's, uh, it's ridiculous. I've never heard anything like it about it. Uh, I guess, uh, and I don't have the article right in front of me, Matt Taibbi came out with another Twitter file yesterday, and apparently this was created during the Obama administration, the lame duck uh, 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 last uh, quarter of his, uh, his second term is when they came up with this idea, which was taken from Joseph Stalin, um, disinformatia, disinformation, and weaponized against the American people. And we've seen it uh, throughout just the last three years, not just about COVID, but about CRT, but about everything that the government decided was not, not untrue, but not the government's truth. Do you suppose that maybe uh, this, uh, the bud is off the rose on this, and it, this house of cards is going to tumble in with the government being uh, involved in censoring speech, not only by working with Twitter and Facebook before the 2020 election with regard to Hunter's laptop, but a myriad of other ways that the government decided that only certain things would be allowed and that dissent suddenly became disinformation. I hope that's the case. I'm not super optimistic just because the government has been censoring people for a long time and they've never really been held accountable. And of course, Republicans only have a majority in the House, so they'll be able to have their committee hearings, they'll be able to do their investigations, but I don't foresee it going much further than that. And it's a real shame because you're exactly right. The government partnered with big tech corporations in order to shut down speech, not that was wrong, but speech that they disagreed with. And also, was harmful. and also advertising. And, and also advertising. advertising. Yes, because they yeah, had this... Twitter uh, and Facebook pulled ads ahead of the election when, that, when uh, Facebook in particular was one of the ways that uh, Trump was able to effectively reach voters. He was really good at targeted Facebook yeah, ads. And they made but sure also, that he didn't have that ability. But also this global uh, disinformation index went, went after conservative uh, uh, news outlets uh, and, and, def- and uh, convinced advertisers not to uh, advertise with them. And the State Department literally is funding that to the tune of tens of millions and millions and millions of dollars. By the way, it was uh, Obama who signed Executive Order 13271 Global Engagement Center to counter the messaging and diminishing the influence of international terrorist organizations. But they turned that organization internally to go after enemies of the state uh and that is according to matt taibbi um you uh, you wrote this book which is called the snowflakes Re- revolt and uh and i gotta tell you i have two uh, gen z kids my son is 23 my daughter is 17 both of them have suffered through the throes of three years of covid hell uh, my son is a junior and senior in high in college and my daughter is a freshman sophomore and junior year in high school um how is Generation Z doing right now, do you think, as far as all of the crap they've been subjected to, all of the things that they have been uh, indoctrinated with? Do you suppose that there's hope that there might be an awakening in Gen Z to the, the government and the media to say, what the hell are you doing? I see that there are some members of Gen Z that are pushing back, but <coughs> excuse me, overall, no we have to consider that this is uh, a generation whose effects of COVID we won't see on for a long time, and that's the case with young kids as well. Um, They basically have lived the past three years of their life on social media and on the Internet, and that has really long-lasting effects on the brain, um, on on self-esteem, 
And a study just dropped a couple of weeks ago that found the suicide rate for teenage girls was actually increasing faster than the suicide rate for young men, which is very ahistorical. And I think it's because of this increase in use of Instagram and TikTok. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. 100 percent as far as both of those. But also, I'll tell you this, the uh, social uh, isolation, the uh, mask mandates, all of this nonsense. And then for some insane reason, uh, an evil reason, counselors, uh, teachers, uh, administrators, uh, surgeons, endocrinologists all decided that these long-suffering teenage girls, uh, while you're considering suicide or cutting yourself or whatever, maybe the solution is uh, taking hormone blockers and changing sexes. What do you have to say about that nonsense? I think there's no doubt that that's contributed to these pathologies among teenage girls because what we often find in cases of gender dysphoria is that there are underlying mental health issues unrelated to gender and they end up trying to treat them by telling people that they're born in the wrong body when maybe they have depression or they have bipolar disorder or some other or schizophrenia yeah. and instead of trying to treat the mental aspect of that they go straight towards cutting off body parts or giving hormones and the outcomes for that are not better than if you actually treat the mental illness. They're actually worse. You end up yes. having a whole bunch of people who regret doing this to their bodies at such a young age and feel like there's no way back. Well, there is no way back when you have a large uh, piece of your forearm uh, fashioned into a, a phallus that doesn't work, and chances are you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to have a. Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Instead, to, instead of your urethra, you'll be peeing in a bag the rest of your life. Right. Um, you know, it's re it is obscene. This will uh, eventually be discovered, uh, and and it will be uncovered. And I think people need to be held responsible for it. Finally, you just wrote a piece in the Spectator about James O. Keefe, and you spoke to a bunch of folks at Project Veritas. Where are you coming down on this, uh, James O'Keefe being ousted from Project Veritas? Uh, was, do you think his re re uh, firing or whatever was justified? And what do you think is going to happen to Veritas? Because I don't think that Veritas survives long without O'Keefe. No, I don't think they do. I mean, James O'Keefe is Project Veritas, right? He founded the organization. He's been the face of the organization for the entirety of its existence over the past decade or so. Um, the question of whether or not the firing was justified is complicated because um, based on the people that I spoke to, which were people who have spanned the existence of the organization, some who are really close with James, some who don't really care for him, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. And they all kind of said, you know, he has been playing kind of fast and loose with donor money for a long time, uh -huh. but they feel like the board chose this timing um, in an opportunistic manner and yes. that the board was okay with kind of looking away from James's perhaps malfeasance, I guess, for lack of a better term, when it suited them. But then when he fired two of their allies, they suddenly decided that they weren't going to put up with it anymore. So I just don't think either side is really in the right here.
No, I don't think so either. And I think they're toast. They are toast. I saw a, a, a Project Veritas video the other day, and it was without O'Keefe involved. And I was it just, I just lost interest. Don't even care. Um, Amber, I, I want to congratulate for your success. You also have a radio show on uh, on our anchor station WCBM in Baltimore, uh, Unfit to Print, which is is great. You you write for the Spectator, and your book is called The Snowflakes Revolt, which I think is amazing. It's officially, I guess, what released March twenty first is when it's coming That's out. Right. Yeah, it's available for pre-order now, though, so get your copy. <laughs> I just, I'm really, really happy for you, and uh, I think that uh, you are, you're making your mark as a young pundit and a young woman in uh, in uh, uh, political punditry, conservative punditry, and I want to congratulate and, and wish you the best uh, as you continue forward. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we'll get you back on the show, too, all right? Have a glorious weekend, okay? Have a great weekend. Thank you. All right, guys, that is Amber Athey, A-T-H-E-Y. If you haven't heard about her, you're going to a lot more because uh, it, this is really good. This is uh, this is Gen Z coming of age and conservatism uh, flexing its muscle in what we thought was a lost generation. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. The left burned our cities. They told us to hate America as founded. Well, we're not only saying no, we're saying hell no. It's the Rob Carson Show. We are discovering a lot of uh, ways that this COVID response, this COVID plan, this pandemic, uh, how how many ways, in the myriad ways, we were lied to, and uh, and and there was a needless suffering and death that took place because of it. We're beginning to scratch the surface next week. The Republican-led subcommittee, uh, select subcommittee on the coronavirus, will hold its first meeting on the origins of the coronavirus, which originated in COVID in uh, Wuhan, China. It's going to happen next week on uh, on Wednesday. One of the things that, uh, yeah, well, for instance, let me let me I'll, I'll bring this up. Now I got some great audio from a nurse named Jennifer Bridges at Houston Methodist talking about what happened to her as a nurse before she was fired. Uh, and she was speaking with us, uh, with a hearing with uh, Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson. I'll get to that in a second. But um, I don't know anybody who died of COVID. Uh, I know thousands of people. I know I know people, uh, Maryland, uh, Minneapolis, Cincinnati, uh, my family, uh, all over. I don't know anybody who died of COVID. So I'm the luckiest person alive, I guess, right? How How is that possible? How is that possible? How is it possible that Joe Biden would have a candlelight vigil at the start of his presidency for the 400,000 people who supposedly died when Donald Trump was the president, but not one for the seven or 800,000 who've died since Joe Biden was the president? Why? Why? Why aren't we going after China for unleashing this on America? Oh, there's no consensus in the news reports. Bull crap. There are two major federal agencies who say it came from the Wuhan lab, and the government knows it. Why isn't China being held accountable? Why aren't we boycotting them? Why aren't we going after them? This is gigantic. If, in fact, this virus did kill 1.2 million people, why are we not holding China accountable for it? Unless the same people who told us to wear masks and didn't wear them themselves, the same people who said that we had to socially distance and uh, didn't do that themselves, the same people who had their hair done and went to restaurants while they told us we couldn't, maybe that number isn't right maybe like dr lena win who was a reliable msnbc source who literally just said that the numbers of people who are hospitalized for covid were overinflated and covid deaths were overinflated and more so than not people died 
with COVID and not of COVID. Maybe that would explain why I don't know anybody who died of it. And you know what really added insult to injury? Of all the covid that I saw, my mother died two years ago, May. I went to see her at the hospital. We had to wear masks and everything. And my mother, by the way, uh, she went in a few months earlier, and they said, oh, you got the antibody. You had COVID. You didn't know about it. She was 91. And these morons at the hospital, all my mother wanted to do, all my mother wanted to do was see her damn dog. They, she wanted to see her little dog, Desi, who we have, this beautiful little peak, this little, uh, little, uh, uh, Lopso, or no, uh, Shih Tzu that we have, who's a wonderful little dog. And my mother loved that dog, and they would not let me bring the damn dog in because it was somehow affiliated with the COVID protocols. Absolutely ridiculous. At least I got to see my mother before she died. This is a little bit from Jennifer Bridges testifying before uh, Ron Johnson's subcommittee on COVID. And if I don't get to it, I won't get to it all this break, but I'll get to it after the top of the hour. Here's just one sample. We saw for ourselves in the hospital people coming in with adverse reactions after getting the Pfizer shot. And the crazy thing is, is let me tell you a couple things about Methodist Hospital down in Houston, Texas. When they first started with COVID, I did that COVID unit on and off the whole time till they fired me in June, right? They started the first two months with hydroxychloroquine. They actually- Well, that's kind of interesting, ain't it? Used it in the hospital. Then they cut it back real quick, switched it to remdesivir and all these other expensive drugs. And we're like, why? And we would ask these doctors, no one could give us a reason. They just said, well, the hospital policy changed, but they didn't know why. And you know, most of those doctors in that hospital would not even go in those COVID rooms. There was maybe two that would. They would stand outside, make us dress up head to toe and go in with an iPad. So the only form of communication those doctors would have at Houston Methodist with the COVID patients was through an iPad. Yeah, now I've got more on this coming up after the top of the hour. You don't want to miss it. This is the Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the last hour of the Rob Carson Show on a Friday. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. I hope you had a great week. I will do my level best to make this the uh, a great hour. And I also want to mention my TV show on Newsmax. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World. And this weekend, uh... I, I I think if you if you want to not only uh, you know inform yourself on the issues, hear my take on things, but laugh. You're going to laugh. We're taking it to a new level on the show. We've really upped uh, uh, the production. You're going to see a lot more of me on camera. I know that doesn't sound appealing, but trust me, it it makes the show work better. And then we're going to expand it eventually. We're going to make it an hour because that's the number one complaint about the show is that it's not an hour. So we're working on it. It's a it's a process, not an event. And I write it all myself, and I select all my video clips myself, and uh, I start working on it like I just rapped on it yesterday, and I started working for next weekend's show uh, today uh, is when I'll start. So there's a lot of work in it, um, and if you, if you want a humorous, rapid-fire take, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. Look for my show. It's Rob Carson's What the World. It runs on Saturday nights at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, Sunday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern. Then again on Monday morning. That's when Donald Trump watches it. And Donald Trump thinks it's the funniest show on television. So there you go. There you go. And a related story, kind of, 
Because we're growing right now, the show is growing, and uh, uh, you know, and and we have new listeners all the time. So you know, I'll I'll just kind of reset for some of you guys. Um, you know, I've been doing this show for about a year and a half. We've been a nationally syndicated show. Uh, I've only been doing talk radio about seven years. Uh, only really had one full time gig at talk radio that was at KCMO Talk Radio in uh, Kansas City, and uh, and then uh, Newsmax Chris Ruddy he heard me and he's like, "Where have you been?" I said, "Well, I've been in an abusive." Uh, relationship with radio and he created the new newsmax radio division around me i know crazy right and since then we, we started off on wcbm in uh, baltimore we went to mlb in atlanta jfn in richmond albuquerque we're on kdaz uh we are all across new hampshire on concord wtpl and dover in the lakes region and manchester and portsmouth and south dakota uh the nevada radio network uh, all great stations from reno reno to uh Pahrumpf. Uh, we are in uh, Fargo and WZFG and uh, uh, all over the country and Santa Cruz KSCO. And all of this is uh, just an enormous gift to me. We just added WOR in New York City. And so uh, I, I wrote for Limbaugh for uh, starting right out of college in 1989 until Chris, Kit Carson died about 2013. And, and all of that comedy, <clears throat> a good share of it, uh, a lot of it went to Paul Shanklin. He got credit for it. I didn't care because, you know, it didn't, I didn't do it for money or anything. But uh, I'm, I'm sitting yesterday. I, I went and I, I recorded a podcast with a friend of mine named uh, David Nastor. He's a comedian. And we did a podcast live from this cigar shop near my house. And I have about one cigar a month, maybe. I, I love this good cigar. I started smoking cigars in the, in the 90s. I got rid of my humidor when my son was born. That said, I'm, I'm hanging out. We had a little stogie, and we did a delightful talk on David Nastor's podcast. And at the end of the podcast, after I'd been kind of espousing some of my views about conservatism, the future of the country, and everywhere, two guys get up out of their chairs. Uh, probably in their 30s, maybe early 40s, and said, excuse me. I said, yeah. He goes, we just heard everything you said, and we love it. And I said, oh, oh well, great. Well, my name's Rob Carson. I introduced myself. Uh, because a lot of people in, in markets like Kansas City, we're not on, in Kansas City right now. So a lot of people don't know we're on and know where to find me. But people who do discover the show go, oh, my goodness, this is great. This is something that talk radio is missing. Not only a take, an intelligent take, a, a, a take that leads the industry. I mean, I, I started talking about COVID fraud and nonsense in uh, February, March of 2020. And, uh, you know, I've never, uh, uh, never uh, been censored by people. I've never, I've always said that I am absolutely entitled to my opinion. You are too, even if you say that the 2020 election was fraudulent. It's your opinion. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly acceptable. You should be able to say it. But right now we have people like Chuck Schumer's going after Fox News, trying to shut them down, trying to get every one of their anchors to, because of this uh, Dominion uh, lawsuit they're involved in, uh, get them all to go to uh, retraining. And, uh, and say they're sorry. Now, they're not doing the same thing with MSNBC and uh, Russia collusion or Hunter Biden's laptop, but that's what they're doing. <clears throat> so anyway, I gave them the uh, details of my show, and they said, we are going to listen to this show. And I'm like, well, great. Uh, thank you very much. And, and the more that people hear the show or the podcast, they go, wow, this is great. Whether you uh, have, you know, it, maybe you had a connection to Rush Limbaugh. Uh, I always say that no one will ever fill his shoes. It's not possible. He was too much of a phenom, but I will walk in his uh, in his footsteps. And so if you if you want the connection with Rush Limbaugh and the humor is there and then also just my own take, my my take 
uh, as someone who's you know kind of I guess leaning towards the general Generation X uh, into the spectrum. But he, everybody, everybody, I don't care whether you're boomer, you're a, a greatest generation, you're a Gen Z, whether you're <clears throat> millennial. But once you hear it, and once you hear the funny and all that stuff. You get addicted to it. So if you would, if you want uh, <clears throat> all of the uh, details of what to share with people about where to listen to the show and the podcast, NewsmaxTV.com is the, uh, is the uh, place you need to go. News, or just Newsmax.com slash listen is another way, place that you can go. So uh, you, can do that, uh, you can do that there, all right? It would be great if you if you did that. I think we need a little uh, a little uh, palate cleanser here. Earlier we had uh, Joe Scarborough going after the stellar uh, testimony that of uh, well it was actually the questioning of Merrick Garland yesterday on Capitol Hill where he was wrecked uh, with regard to uh, all of the malfeasance and weaponization of the of the Justice Department and of course uh, Joe Scarborough st- made fun of Josh Hawley. So we have a new Joe Scarborough theme song from my friend Jim Gossett. I don't want to play that right now because he's a tool. I mean, he's, I mean, Jimmy. He is lying to you. He is lying to himself. He is lying to the American people. What's the deal with Scarborough's hair? <laughs> is it real or phony like Joe? I don't know, but his wife's got some fakeness. <clears throat> Remember. His morning show, nobody sees. Yeah, that really. His ratings, they keep going south. <laughs> but DirecTV pays his network big fees. Oh, that's true, they do. Put his foot in his mouth. Oh, that is beautiful, isn't it? Isn't that just beautiful? Yeah. He used to fill in for Rush Limbaugh. With Scarborough's head. He looks like uh, I lived in Cincinnati. You know the JB, the Big Boys restaurant thing? That's called Frisch's Big Boy. They're, they're headquartered out of uh, Cincinnati. He's got that. He's got that hair going here, and there's not much underneath it, by the way. Uh, last hour, I played a little bit of this uh, this nurse at uh, Methodist uh, Hospital in Houston and her experience with uh, COVID, COVID protocols and the general censoring of the medical community. And, by the way, a great deal of people in the medical community went along with all of the COVID nonsense being spewed by the CDC, by the HHS, by Anthony Fauci, and all of that. And all of this is coming out, by the way. But here is uh, uh, nurse Jennifer Bridges talking about um, hydroxychloroquine, which they originally prescribed to people to fight COVID and then just stopped. We saw for ourselves in the hospital people coming in with adverse reactions after getting the Pfizer shot. And the crazy thing is, is let me tell you a couple things about Methodist Hospital down in Houston, Texas. When they first started with COVID, I did that COVID unit on and off the whole time till they fired me in June, right? They started the first two months with hydroxychloroquine. They actually used it in the hospital. Then they cut it back real quick. And Donald Trump said the beginning of the uh, pandemic, maybe we ought to try hydroxychloroquine. 
And you know what? I said the same thing. You know why? Because I did some research and I saw it being used in other countries. And I went, hey, maybe we should consider this. But you see, Anthony Fauci was also in charge of his organization when AIDS came around. And he pushed everybody to AZT. And AZT was incredibly expensive and also really, really damaging. And it made things worse. And 45 years later, no vaccine for it. (laughs) All right? And he's in charge. Uh, Here's a little bit more from, uh, oh, Jennifer Bridges about some of the other things that she had to endure as a nurse. Uh, uh, The abuses of not only medical uh, personnel, but also patients. And to address one, sorry, I'm like, (laughs) I got a little emotional back here. I've been there. I've done the whole shebang, right? Even I was the first one at Methodist that they asked to do window visits because when these COVID patients were dying and they never did this with anybody else dying, family was not allowed to come in to say goodbye. They couldn't hold their hand. They were left alone in these rooms. I was asked because I was one of the most compassionate nurses they had there, will you do these window visits? They would escort family into the cafeteria windows. I would go there sweating my butt off for almost an hour and a half, two hours, just to put the phone by that loved one's ear so they could say goodbye. I would stay in there as long as I could. And other nurses, they wouldn't want to do it. They'd be like, no, it gets too hot, or I don't have time for that. And the things you would hear were just insane to me. And I'm like, I don't care about you know what's going on with me. This is way more important. This is one of the many reasons I think uh, Anthony Fauci and, uh, I mean, there will be potential dozens, if not hundreds of people involved in this scam. Uh, This is the reason why I want him to go to freaking jail. Uh, Here's more from Jennifer Bridges. And, uh, yeah, I'll love to talk to you later. I have so much information for you. Speaking in front of a subcommittee with Ron Johnson heading it. But I have, right before I got fired, and I tried the right way. I didn't go to the media at first. I actually had a meeting with my CEO and CNO at Methodist in Baytown, David Bernard and Becky Chalupa. They caught me going around with my little petition to say, you know, if people agreed with our stance, not to force us against our will. Somebody told them I was doing that. They called me into this meeting where they sat me down, they threatened me, they told me I had to stop. They could fire me over this because I was soliciting. And I told them, I said, well, what if I went to other hospitals? What do you think they would say? Listen. He looked me in the face and I said, and he said, I strongly advise you against that. And he even told me 100% compliance was more important than my individual autonomy as a nurse. And that is a huge, huge slap in the face. You know, uh, that woman uh, was stricken from social media. Her comments would have been considered absolutely verboten before Elon Musk took over Twitter. Here's one final piece from uh, Jennifer Brooks, a doctor at uh, Houston Methodist. And then after I got so public, basically other doctors, whistleblowers were coming to me to share information. So I've seen text messages, I've seen emails where Methodist Hospital threaten their doctors. You cannot sign medical exemptions, you cannot talk about, you cannot report adverse reactions to these vaccines. And then if you do, and if somebody was actually brave enough to do that on writing, there were other people higher up to erase those. Those were not to be allowed on record. I have the proof, and I have the people that have shown me these things. Wow. By the way, I, I, can, I can confirm everything you're telling me. I've heard yes. countless times from other nurses. 
Yeah. And I just want anybody listening. Yeah, it appears that uh, our healthcare. System. It appears that Woody Harrelson was not off base with his monologue on SNL last weekend. It, it looks like it was very, very true. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. The one thing the America hating left and Democrats didn't expect. Unlike them, we don't hate America. We are finally putting America first. It's the Rob Carson Show. It's interesting that I have had criticism on both sides. There are people who have said, well, why are you saying that we're overcounting COVID deaths now? You should have said this two and a half years ago. There are others who have said, well, we're not overcounting them, and they give various reasons as to why. I think at the end of the day, we just need the truth. And part of that truth is what you mentioned, Poppy, which is that vaccines are highly protective, that vaccines are very effective, they're very safe, and vulnerable groups, including pregnant women, pregnant individuals, should be getting vaccinated. Nah. At the same time, we should also be honest about who was dying from COVID during the early parts of the pandemic versus who is dying from COVID now. I think that type of honest, transparent reporting is really important, including for fostering trust in public health. That's Dr. Lena Wynn, who's been really quiet, and she came out and said literally that uh, uh, they've been over-reporting COVID deaths in hospitals, COVID deaths uh, with versus COVID deaths from, and it appears that exclusive COVID deaths with just COVID alone were very rare. That's according to her. Oh, yeah. And I also predicted it two years ago. Uh, real quick, let's go to Angela in Glidden, Bernie, Maryland. Hello, Angela. What's going on? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I, I just wanted to know, um, the nurse touched on the adverse reactions, and I was wondering if there are many people that we don't really know about that had adverse reactions from well, if, the if vaccine. If you do a little digging, even on the vaccine adverse reaction site, you're going to see about, well, uh, close to a million people claiming that they had some sort of adverse uh, reaction to the vaccine. That could be mitocarditis. That could be affecting someone's menstrual cycle, uh, among other things. So you, if you want to look at the vaccine adverse reaction site, uh, which is controlled by the uh, CDC, they are on there. Uh, the uh, USA Today said that's unreliable data, even though it is paid for and sponsored by the CDC. Uh, needless to say, uh, depending on where you are, and I don't have a compendium of all of these things, you could start there but clearly there's been a a great number of adverse reactions to a vaccine democrats uh, uh also say there's no voter fraud but there's plenty of that out there as well so i would suggest you do your own research and more is coming and certainly uh check out the uh the hearings next week on capitol hill republicans in investigating uh the uh the uh origins of the of the covid virus and the cover-up of uh things like vaccine adverse reactions uh, next week. Okay, Angela? Thank you very much for bringing this to us. Really appreciate your show. Thank you. It's important. It's important. It's important. And, you know, they're still trying to shut us down. The left is still trying to shut us down. Uh, Barack Obama's, uh, in the last uh, uh, dying throes of his administration, created a, uh, a disinformation organization that was supposed to go after, uh, it was supposed to go after uh, foreign adversaries, but it turns out, no, not so much, not so much. Uh, Twitter files, uh, they said that this global engagement center is supposed to recognize, understand, expose, and, and uh, counter foreign state and non-state propaganda and disinformation. Information. This was when Barack Obama was the president. Turns out they went after you and me. Yeah, Matt Taibbi uh, just says that uh, uh, news uh, personalities was an easy mark. 
uh, Twitter staffers. Uh, they went after uh, news personalities for false and unsubstantiated, uh, unsubstantiated claims made by uh, uh, people with regard to COVID and whatnot. Um, Taibbi highlighted the vapidity of the newly manufactured anti-disinformation campaign organization and the subservient compliance of news media to such organizations, uh, the organization's claims, meaning Barack Obama created disinformation. So did Joseph Stalin. And uh, it, it effectively worked for a long time. The deep state, they even created a Department of Disinformation, just like Joseph Stalin did. But Americans found out about it. And then we found out the FBI was working with Twitter to shut down Hunter Biden's laptop, was working with Facebook, all of these other social media places. And now, because of this uh, lawsuit against Fox News by uh, Dominion Voting, we're finding out all sorts of interesting things, including uh, that... Uh, uh, well, um, Paul Ryan is pulling the strings on some programming decisions to move away from Donald Trump. We know that. And then we're also finding out uh, how uh, Dominion voting was uh, able to keep people quiet about uh, voter fraud. That's fine, whatever. But, but now, uh, also, some of the Fox News hosts originally said that maybe there might be the possibility of some voter fraud and some cheating with regard to the 2020 election, we know now that the FBI was actively involved in silencing the Hunter Biden new uh, laptop story. We also know that a great deal, a very large number of voters would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known about it. The FBI knew about it and they had the laptop for nine months. Right. But uh, there were some news reporters who said, hey, there's something really weird about this election like me. And we were wondering why we weren't able to say it. And Fox News had some personalities who uh, who said it and then shut up about it. And uh, yesterday, Chuck Schumer said that uh, he wants them shut up. He wants them to shut up. They can't have an opinion. Didn't say anything about MSNBC. Godzilla of Talk Radio coming up next live from CPAC. This is the Rob Carson Show. Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. We are hopefully going to be talking to John Fredericks, the John Fredericks Radio Network, who's one of the hardest working uh, talk radio personalities ever known, and he's been nice enough to put my show on some of his affiliate stations. He is at CBAC, and we uh, hope to get him on very soon. But I think we need another palate cleanser about Anthony Fauci and lying about COVID. It's all coming out, kids. This is new from Jim Gossett and company. Unforgivable. Those Fauci lies. Yeah. Unforgivable. Your alibi. My alibis. Beautiful. Denied a leak at the Wuhan lab. Light a candle here. Pushed vaccines while Pfizer paid my tip. These flowers are for you. Never before. Let me fill your glass here. Have actions been more? Turn up the music a little bit. Woo! Unforgivable in every way. In every way. No one believes a word I say. A word. <laughs> the cover-up was so predictable. predictable. My explanation's contradictable. 
It makes Fauci yes. quite convictable too. Well, we can always hope. We can always hope. So I had mentioned, you know, Newsmax was taken off of uh, DirecTV. And uh, OAN was taken off of uh, DirecTV last year. This was under direction of Nancy Pelosi and two Democrat uh, members of the House. And uh, and it was successful. And I've said that Fox News will be on the radar, too. So if you like your Fox News and you were like, "Eh, you know, first they came for OAN, no big deals. Then they came for Newsmax, no big deal. And now they uh, long guns are out for uh, for Fox News. And yesterday, by the way, um, uh, yesterday, Chuck Schumer. And and one of the things is and remember this and and I'm going to I'm going to tell you why real quick. I thought the 2020 election was not uh, was not on the up and up. Joe Biden said there would be uh, no uh, election malfeasance before the election. Joe Biden did not campaign. Joe Biden uh, did not get out. Joe Biden did not have a winning message, et cetera, et cetera. Night of the election, five battleground states. Donald Trump was way out in front. All of a sudden, the voting stopped in those states. All just stopped. Uh, in, uh, in Atlanta, they said it was a water main break at the, uh, the convention center. Never happened. But they shoot everybody out, and they took out these massive cases of ballots and ran them through the ballot counters numerous times, and then suddenly it was no big deal. Thousands of uh, uh, cell phones were tracked going to DNC headquarters, then to ballot boxes, DNC to ballot boxes. That was a subject of a movie by Dinesh D'Souza, 2000 Mules. The day after the election... A conservative media could not even question the election. It was verboten. It was de- it was declared misinformation and disinformation. I lost my Facebook page the next morning. It was gone. No explanation, no recourse. Gone. Thousands of people came forward with their stories saying that they saw it. Uh, election observers were shut out. I can go on and on. I can go on and on. That's why I say, do you know why I know the election of 2020 was not on the up and up? Because I'm not stupid. I get tired of trying to tell you again and again and again all the reams and reams and reams and reams and reams of evidence. That said, apparently, Chuck Schumer is very butthurt that some Fox anchors, before they were shut up, by the way. I mean, I hear occasionally, I'll hear like Tucker say, you know, the election was not on the up and up. There's going to be a point where you just say it was stolen. And I have always said that. Uh, but anyway, Chuck Schumer is, uh, uh, was, completely didn't even give a damn about MSNBC saying there was Russia collusion with Donald Trump. That was a lie, all right? Uh, he did not have any uh, problem at all with saying that uh, the uh, laptop was disinformation. No, none of that at all. None of that at all. And by the way, uh, he didn't have a damn thing to say about Democrats for four years saying that the 2016 election was stolen. And Democrats did it for four years, and nobody said anything about it at all. Let me yeah, let me grab the soundbite here. I have a list here. Hold on one second. Of 24 minutes. I'm not going to play 20, 24 minutes. 24 minutes of, of Democrats denying the 2016 election, and Chuck Schumer never said that anybody should be taken off the air because they doubted the results of an election. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Boo frickity who? Didn't happen. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but there right, was none. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So that was a lie. You, you know, fight against that in 2020. You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> 
Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Russia interfered with our election, attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We know that was bought and paid for by the FBI, the DNC, and Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton paid an FEC fine for it. They used a dossier to surveil the Trump campaign, transition team, and presidency. They did it with no evidence, and they did it illegally. The FBI was involved. All right? Now let's go to Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer uh, had no problem with uh, saying that the election was stolen in 2016, but now... And I'm just saying this, I, I work at Newsmax, okay, and I love my Newsmax, but I will defend my broadcast brothers and sisters when they are being unfairly attacked, especially by um, a person who is the head of half of our Congress, a very powerful person who is attempting to set fire to the First Amendment. Here is Chuck Schumer. And, you know, uh, I worry that if this erodes, our democracy will erode, and my children and my grandchildren will not grow up in the grand democracy. That we are not a democracy. We are a representative republic. Gave me, the son of an exterminator, the opportunities oh, that I have had. What caused this? Number one was Fox News and their commentators spreading the big lie <laughs> day after day, night after night, hour after hour, week after week, year after year. They're the number one cause that there is such erosion in our democracy. No, actually, all the facts and everything are. Yeah, I didn't think I saw a 2000 Mules version of the movie uh, with uh, cell phone data that the FBI has used to go after January the 6th protesters and others. Uh, I don't think that happened. No, because they blamed Hillary Clinton's loss on Russia collusion, and it's been proven there was none. So it shows how ungodly, morally, and intellectually bankrupt these people are. This is more from Chuck Schumer. And, and what in, in the Mao's revolution, what they would do is they'd take people who uh, disagreed with the government, dissenters, and they would, they would uh, send them to re-education, and then they would force them to kowtow, which means basically beg forgiveness and say they were wrong even if they knew they were right. That's the same sort of crap that's happening in this country. Listen to Chuck Schumer. We were told that the commentators like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram didn't believe this stuff. And then finally yesterday, it was revealed two days ago, that Rupert Murdoch didn't believe it, number one, knew it was wrong, regretted it, regretted that he didn't do anything about it. Well, his regrets are not good enough. Uh -oh. We need him to take the next step. What's that? And the next step is to tell the Carlsons, the Ingrams, and all these other commentators to stop spreading the big lie, to admit what they said was wrong, help restore some of the faith that we have lost in our democracy due to what their network's propaganda has put forward so now, we can get it back. The big lie has not been disproven. It's never been presented in front of a court because every time it has been, they say it didn't have standing. All right? Uh, and uh, and they didn't say a thing. He has not demanded everybody in the mainstream media who said that 2016 was stolen for five years, six years. They all apologize. What a total uh, scumbag. Honestly, what a scumbag. One more uh, soundbite from this awful, awful man, Chuck Schumer, who wants to blow up the First Amendment. Everyone abided by the election, whether we won or lost, even remember Bush v. Gore. And now all of a sudden, you have this network uh, 
spreading the lies, doing it very effectively, and making a third of the um, people, two-thirds of the Republican Party, believe this democracy ain't on the level. You know, when you study dictatorship, this is the beginning <laughs> of the end. I don't think no, it'll be not. that here because the American roots of democracy are strong. But I worry about it, and there's a demand to push back. No, there's not. There is from the left. But even Fox News hosts have the right to an opinion. They do. And the, you just all, all the left does is they call you a denier, they say it's misinformation and disinformation, and they try to shut down your free speech. And then they say you've got to apologize, and then you've got to kowtow, and honestly, Chuck Schumer, screw you. All right? Uh, I like to say, when you say prove the election was stolen, I always like to say prove it wasn't. And they never have. All they do is shout. And they say, misinformation, disinformation, denier, big lie. They came up with a big lie. Now, their lies about Russia collusion, that wasn't a big lie. It was a much bigger lie. And carried on for a longer amount of time with no evidence at all. And then ultimately evidence that was proven wrong that showed the opposite. That Hillary Clinton was working to, uh, uh, to create the dossier. And she was actually getting money from Russian oligarchs uh, into, her, into her global uh, uh, charity to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars after she signed off Uranium One when she was the Secretary of State. And then when she wasn't elected, all that money dried up and the charity went away because she had no influence to sell. Honestly, it really is, uh, it is remarkable. You know, there's some other things that have kind of fallen. I, I believe that <clears throat> the government said that, uh, that COVID coming from uh, the Wuhan lab, that was a big lie. And then uh, Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, said the opposite the other day. As you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Well, really, and, and the media also said, and it's been verified now, and, and I've heard no apologies for denying it, they said that Hunter Biden's laptop wasn't real. Hold on. Here it is. Well, it doesn't want to play. Hold on one second. Here we go. Hold on. Come on. Come on. All right, it doesn't want to play. But they did, and you know it. You know it as well as I do. So, uh, you know, it is um, It is ridiculous. And it all goes back to this campaign of disinformation and misinformation that was created by Barack Obama. I'll mention this again. <coughs> there was an executive order. The last, uh, the last uh, quarter of his presidency, uh, Executive Order 13271 established the Global Engagement Center. And that got it all started. And it started off as some sort of a feat, uh, information to, uh, to, uh, uh, to defeat uh, information warfare. And then it turned inward against threats to our own population. And then it became basically uh, anything coming from conservatives, conservative media, would be called disinformation. It's the same thing that Joseph Stalin did to Russia. And then, of course, it happened in the Soviet Union. It's a still thing that the same thing that happened in North Korea and Cuba and China, and it's a shakedown, it's a put-on, and it's BS. And I'll just say I hope Fox wins this. I can be with Fox gladly. I will compete with Fox. They have a really big platform in the whole deal, and they've uh, been doing this a few years more than me, but I will, uh, I will absolutely 100% support them when they're accused of nonsense by a uh, Stasi uh, anti-First Amendment uh, dictator. All right, let's take a break and come back. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. It's time to make common sense common again. It's The Rob Carson Show. 
All right, so last segment of the show, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun here. Uh, years ago, I uh, I said that uh, common sense is dying, where we're the, the country is doing its level best, or at least the left is doing its level best to uh, kill off common sense. That's one of the reasons why this show is successful, because we we have it. And, uh, and, I, we, and I said this year has to be the year that we turn away from nonsense to common sense. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so uh, uh, common sense is a very important uh, part of the uh, of the radio program. And uh, we've been experiencing some just, I mean, bat guano crazy nonsense. Uh, and uh, and then also another thing that I said was that uh, the oprization of the uh, the culture, meaning the feminization of men and the culture for some reason, and I'm, I'm sure it's part of this Maoist revolution to feminize men so they aren't battle worthy. You know, there's, a, there's all sorts of things like that. And I don't care if you are a feminine man. That's great. I know a lot of feminine men don't care. Don't even care. But uh, masculinity isn't toxic. Uh, I would venture to say that uh, what's more, I mean, femininity can be toxic too. Let me just say it right now, okay? You ever try to sit down and watch some television when your wife's around? You're going to end up watching Property Brothers. That's pretty toxic. <clears throat> and there are other ways. Feminization of the culture. You know, wearing a bike helmet just to walk outside. I can go on and on and on. Do we blame that on women? I No, no, not necessarily. But a feminization of the culture. And then this the other day, Hershey decided that uh, in their uh, women's, uh, this is a part of uh, uh, International Women's Day campaign in Canada, oh say, that they would take four women who you've never heard of and put them on, uh, uh, on uh, uh, candy wrappers and, and one uh, woman who used to be a dude. So uh, one trans woman on International Women's Day, and here is that, that uh, person. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at yeah. Hershey's Canada. So I, I recommend that uh, if uh, Hershey or whoever decides to do something for next year's uh, Black History Month, and I am 100% serious about this, that Rachel Dolezal be allowed to be on a candy wrapper or a whatever wrapper because uh, she identifies as a, uh, a black person. And if we're going to allow someone born a male, still chromosomally a male, to be a woman on a candy wrapper, do you see what I'm saying? So I think that we're going to cross this line, and I think this is an affront to women. I do. Uh, this is a way that, that not only is femininity being attacked, but masculinity is being attacked. And it's just gotten to be, um, I'll just say, a little bit ridiculous. And then there's uh, Doug Imhoff. He's the uh, wife of uh, Kamala Harris. <laughs> to say this wife. <clears throat> anyway, that's homophobic. No, it's not because he's not gay. Anyway, here's Doug Imhoff talking about uh, toxic masculinity. He doesn't really give a description of what it is, but this guy, uh, there's a word for people like this. Uh, listen to this interview. Can we just talk about masculinity for a moment? Um, has being second gentleman changed your own view of perceived gender roles or what it means to be a man. Why, why would it? Oof, that's, this is something I've, I've thought about a lot and something I've spoken about a lot. There's too much of toxicity, it, it, masculine toxicity out there. And there, we've kind of confused what it means to be a man, what it means to be masculine. Um, no, we haven't, actually. Uh, the left has done its level best to, uh, to uh, do that, but uh, the rest of us have not, actually. Not one little bit. I, I think to uh, wrap up this segment, I need to play one more. Hold on one second. I can find it here. Uh, hold on. 
I need to find the. Uh, I've got I've got my Kamala theme song here. I'm trying to find it, and unfortunately, I'm not able to do it. I was going to put an exclamation point on the end of uh, of that uh, of that bit. Oh, I'll play this one. I think. Hold on one second. Yeah, let's do this one here. This one here is uh, our theme song. Uh, one of the theme songs for Kamala Harris to wrap up the show before we go into the final break. I didn't think we could find somebody dumber than Kamala, but we have. And she's married to him. This is Jim Gossett. There's a girl under Creepy Joe. She cackles like a wounded crow. She can't wait to see Joe go and send off to the home. It could happen. They say Kamala, Kamala really got around. She dated Every guy in town, and then one day, that's sexist. She met Willie Brown. The rest is history. Well, maybe not. He said, Kamala, come on, you're a fine girl. What a mistress you would be. <laughs> Please don't tell my wife about you and me. All right, that's going to do it for uh, this segment. We'll come back and wrap up the show on this Friday. Right after this, you are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Guys, that's going to do it for the show. Make sure to check out my TV show, Rob Carson's What the World on Newsmax, NewsmaxTV.com, or the podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen. Have a glorious weekend with your family. God bless you. And until Monday, don't catch the stoop, but I'll see you then.